And this episode of the Yalabad Podcast is brought to you by Como Shambhala, which is the wellness arm of the Como Group that has hotels and resorts all around the world. And you know, Mother's Day is coming up. So Folklory is working with Como to do something really special. And what are we doing, Harish? So until the 21st of May, we are offering a promo um, where you can get a massage, facial or a candle from Como paired with a Folklory starting at $250, uh, which is a huge discount from their regular line of products. Um, so you can get your mum a special gift that is both physical and digital. So we are, we are super excited about this partnership and if you're still looking for a gift, you can get a gift up from now till 21st May. All the details are at the website in the show notes. So please, please check it out and hopefully it'll make your mother super happy. And now, on to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what? Terrence. Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Yeah. Good old humor. The midweek episode. Mm. The midweek yeah. of a generally slow news week. Yeah. Slow news week. Is it because is it because of our perspectives that's why we think it's a slow news week, or is it really objectively a slow news week? Mm. Isn't there news every day, Terence? Isn't that why it's called news? There's something new every day. That's true. And there was a parliamentary sitting, uh, you know. But um, yeah, the topics also a lot of a lot of uh stuff that we've talked about before as well, right? Mm. Uh, COE, housing prices and all that. So yeah, maybe maybe, maybe just novelty, the lack of novelty that's making it feel like a slower news week. Though, mm. oh, you know, one thing novel that happened to me over the weekend, mm. which I don't know why I was thinking about over lunch. Mm. So uh, I went for a full medical checkup as part uh. of the insurance I have. And during one part when the doctor was just, you know, checking like my neck, my mobility and my this, she just casually mentioned, oh, you have a third nipple. Oh, and then she really? went on just saying that, oh, you know, okay, your back is straight. I was like, wait, 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 what? What do you mean a third nipple? And she just uh-huh. pointed at something that I thought was a birthmark on my, like my abdomen. And she uh-huh. said, it's a third nipple. Oh, really? Yeah. And, Are you sure it's and, not like a skin tag or something? I don't know. Of the sort. And I don't know. I was so stunned and she was so nonchalant about it. She mm. just went on. She's like, oh, okay, so do you smoke? And I was like, uh, no. But I didn't even ask more questions about this supposed third nipple on my, on my, on my body. Okay. And would that affect your insurance given that it was a... a I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> but I just feel if you're letting someone know that they have a third nipple, uh, shouldn't you kind of qualify what defines a nipple in the first place? Could it be a joke that, you've, that you took too seriously? I don't know, man. I don't think I don't think that's something you joke about, lah. Like, oh. hey, yeah, you know, okay, your chest, your heartbeat is okay, your blood pressure. Oh, third nipple. Yeah, but how how often do you smoke? Do you drink? You know, I was like, wait, 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 wait. So no, yeah, you, so, that's you, so you wait, wait, wait. Do you clarify or do you didn't clarify? No, I didn't clarify, and then now I think oh. like, fuck, why didn't I clarify? And then have you done the the usual thing that after medical checkup is going like Google about it and all that. I actually haven't. I actually haven't. Yeah, like, what, okay, what, okay. <laughs> I mean, first of all, the purposes of a nipple. Uh, nipples on males. Uh, yeah. I haven't uh, dived deep into that topic. But mm. a third nipple, no. It's like a... And it's not the, like a full... It's not like a nipple-sized nipple. It's like a mosquito bite-sized nipple. So, I'm just curious how from the look mm. of it... And I say, oh, so how do you know? She's like, this one can tell one. Uh. 
You're the second huh? case this week. So second out case. there, there's someone else who sh- who she saw and was like, oh, you also have a third nipple. Maybe you should, you guys should link up. And then mm. together you'll have the average of uh, like three people nipple-wise. Nice, nice. It's a so, very n- little nugget. I, I mean, if you, <laughs> you know, usually like uh, that's a very big thing about don't send, don't send images of your private parts to people online because, you know, that can cause you a lot felt of problems, I just so sent you a, a private image, is it? No, no, I'm saying <laughs> since you're already putting out here on a podcast, we must all like put it on the subreddit and let people observe and see is it really a third nipple or is it just oh, yeah. you know something amiss? <laughs> then we can all vote on it as well. It help you feel maybe, better. Yeah, maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. Then I have to like like take a wide image before I yeah. zoom in so people know it is my third nipple and yeah. not just some generic third nipple. Uh. Yeah, and you gotta tag it not so well for work, uh, in case people yeah. zoom into a nipple. <laughs> Anything everyone thinks you're looking at nipples at work. Yeah. But it doesn't look like a nipple, I guarantee you. It doesn't mm. feel like a nipple, it doesn't look like a nipple. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so maybe that is a, a, a symptom of a slow news week. La, nice, nice. Yeah. When you're making for news. Yeah, when you're making conversation about third nipples. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of week. It's that kind of I'm, week. <laughs> I'm sure that at, at least one other listener out there who has who has been uh certified having a third nipple. La. So mm. Mm. Maybe there's a WhatsApp group for third nipplers. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you're opening up a whole a wormhole, man, for yourself. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> you're gonna nipplers, start. Yeah. You're gonna start getting ads like about third nipples. You know, clothes that right? cater that cater to the people with three nipples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're cold, uh, there's just one more bump. Yeah. yeah. You're like, hey, why do you have a third bump when it's cold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But yes. Yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. But nice. uh, you know, it's uh, it's yeah, like as you mentioned, we have a slower news week. But mm. uh, yeah, other than that, um, you know, is there anything that we want to plug on this podcast before jumping right into the topics? Um, just uh, something you may have heard us say before, but which has helped this podcast grow. Uh, and that is that if you have enjoyed this podcast at any point in time ever, or if this is your first time listening, you're like, hey, these two guys, uh, okay lah, not bad, not bad. It'd be mm. great if you could share it with one other person who may not have heard of us. Because mm. uh, that's how we've been growing over the years. We continue to grow and we want to keep growing even bigger. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But cool, yes, man. so talking about, uh, I mean, our, our first topic is talking about wanting to grow and grow even bigger, like, right? The mm. aspirations aspirations of a, what is a minority group in parliament now? Uh you know, having someone come forward and say, we want more resources, we want to grow bigger, and then getting shut down immediately. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> who is this person and who is this, what is this group of people? Uh, so this person is uh, Leong Man Wai, mm. and this group of people is the group of non-constituency members of parliament, uh, otherwise known as NCMP, of which Leong Man Wai is one. Um, and on the parliamentary sitting on 8th May 2023, he one of the things he uh, uh wanted to speak about was was ways that there can be a, a more level and fairer playing field for all MPs. Um, mm. And I mean, he responded directly to the speech that uh, Lawrence Wong gave mm-hmm. during the motion of thanks for the president's address, which I recently just found out is a thing. Mm. Um, that was, I think, mid-April. Where, you know, DPM Lawrence Wong called on opposition to offer, and I quote, a serious alternative agenda. So Liang Manwai was like responding to that and coming up with some proposals on on how to 
make the parliamentary process, the parliamentary session, or parliament in general, more robust. Mm. Um, and the shutting down that you mentioned came uh, courtesy of Indrani Raja. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I guess we are, we're just going to talk a little bit about what his plans were. Mm, that's right. But first of all, do you, have you heard of the thing, the uh, motion of thanks for the president's address? Uh, as in, I think, I thought it was like last week or the week before where they already did, they, a lot of them were reflecting on the president's address already, right? Weren't they? Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, so the, there's the, the thing, which is what, where DPM spoke, like the, the motion of thanks to the, to the president. Yeah. Motion of mm. thanks to the president. Mm. So, so yeah, I didn't know that thing, but in general, yeah, it is. It is a kind of like a reply to the presidential speech. Uh, it has issues that are debated, and one of the things was was mentioned by Lawrence Wong to to uh, what was it? Huh? Let me pull it up. Mm. It is a a call for the agenda uh, for the opposition to to set out concrete alternatives, like if they want to push for things that they don't agree with. Mm, mm, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But what? So, what actually? Yeah. So. Um, uh, in a nutshell, it is uh, you know, Leong Man Wai does give a few suggestions as to how uh, you know, more assistance can be provided for NCMPs and all that. But for you, mm. like, why, why do you think this is something that is worth looking at for you know, and worth us discussing today? Um, because I think, like, uh, I also remember seeing the Lawrence Wong, you know, the call for. Uh, opposition to to pro- pro- provide alternatives. I know previously also mm. there was a call that you know opposition shouldn't just sit there and push back. They should they should come up with better plans and stuff like that. Mm. So when there was something calling for for a more fairer playing field, I also mm. wanted to hear from Liang Manwai about or like just any MP, not just Liang Manwai, why mm. it is not fair at this point. What are the suggestions and what the responses are Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so I thought, for I thought me, it was interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now for me it was uh because I think the last time we spoke about something related to this topic, and I think um I mentioned it on the podcast, but uh for you 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 remember that actually NCMPs only are paid only a fraction of the allowance the MPs, uh, elected MPs are paid, like, right? And yeah. that allowance. I think it was is, you who remembered. I had no yeah, idea. No, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So, but I reminded you, and then yeah. that, I think it kind of reminded me again that actually a lot of people don't realize that you know as as much as you see Leong Man Wai pushing his agenda on on in Parliament and all that, it's a uh, you know the allowance that he gets for doing that actually is very very small, right? Mm. Um, and and I think he he we can go later in deeper into the weeds about it, but he gives the exact figures that he gets in terms of being able to hire administrative assistants and everything to to do what they do lah. So um, it's I, I think it's interesting because now he puts a he puts a very clear dollar figure as to how much more uh administrative assistance or uh, financial assistance is needed for MPs to you know uh have full timers. Uh, helping them do research and things like that, la. So, mm-hmm. so that to me is the the more interesting part of what he's saying, la. Yeah, uh, and I know Leong Man Wai is a very polarizing figure. I can imagine at least a few people just hearing his name and like, oh, yeah, this one is nonsense. So, so I mean, it doesn't even need to be from Leong Man Wai. I just thought, mm. yeah, and I'm sure you also thought there was some interesting thoughts, la. So, mm. so basically, he was kind of like um 
talking, he started off by giving the context, you know, like um, DPM, Lawrence Wong called for opposition to offer a serious alternative agenda, like I mentioned, um, and that how there have been steps taken by the government to recognize opposition. So one thing of recent years was Pritam Singh being the, the leader of opposition and being recognized as the leader of opposition, like, which was a new thing, right? Mm. Um, then he went on to say that since his time in parliament, he realizes that, realized that some processes are not the most conducive. So mm. starting off, he said that, uh, okay, you know, a lot of MPs from both sides of the house do not come from a public policy or legal background. Mm. So yes, there's a library. The librarians are very helpful, the li- library in parliament. Um, elected MPs are provided with an allowance of 1300 to hire a legislative assistant and 500 mm. for a secretarial assistant. Mm. So, I mean, I don't think we need to go into what difference uh, between the legislative and secretarial, but basically to get to get help, like consuming all the content they need to consume. Mm-hmm. Um, so first thing he said is that is to hire someone like full-time, part-time in this day and age is not a high sum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after 1997, only elected MPs are provided with this allowance. NCMPs mm-hmm. and NMPs do not receive such an allowance. Yeah. So, so yeah, so apparently the justification back then for removing the support allowances was that, yeah, the roles are not as heavy as on, uh, uh, those of the elected MPs like, because only the MPs then sat in committees. But now, mm. I believe the powers of NCMPs have been extended to voting as well as sitting on committees. Mm. Right? So, so that was one. Um, and then the second one was basically saying... If you all have speeches and, and uh, stuff, send earlier so that MPs can all come up with questions beforehand. Mm, <laughs> and, mm. I mean, he was model student. Uh, he sent this speech beforehand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I thought which I thought is always the case. But I think um, only for certain topics or certain things that are required, then they send it beforehand, right? Are you aware? Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was aware of that. Yeah. It's not it's and not then, a they, they, it's not a very uh what do you call it? Uh? It's not really an iterative process when they go back and forth, back and forth before they go to parliament. A yeah, lot of times yeah, yeah. it's like literally like in parliament they get the answers, like yeah. Yeah, correct. Um and then he asked for the opposition um oh so so to to keep some sort of timekeeping la, so that mm. um when when uh we, 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 certain time Sometimes the de- the the debates can't go on as long as they need to be for him, mm. and and he was just pushing for more for longer debates, la. Mm. So, so I mean the way he delivered it was I think over fifteen minutes, uh, and mm. then Indrani uh gave her responses, la. But how you wanna do this, la? You wanna talk through everything he did or talk about Indrani's responses? Um, yeah, I think we just go straight to the response, la, right? Because yeah, yeah. I think uh yeah he 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 does give a lot of suggestions and. Uh, it's probably a, it's only a fifteen minute talk like, uh, or speech from him, uh, which you can watch at two times speed on YouTube. You know, <laughs> even and yeah. if you download a plugin, you can watch up to three times, four times, five times, however yeah. you want. But I would suggest yeah. I would suggest one point five times, because uh, you know you 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 still want to enjoy the Long Man Wai, the flavor of his delivery, like, Right? Mm. I think it's a, it's another Long Man Wai special, so it's worth like, savoring. Don't go too fast, mm. but. Yeah, 1.25 times probably too slow. Da. So I think at least mm-hmm. 1.5 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, okay, so then maybe wrap up just a few other things that he said. Mm. Um, one was a research department uh, mm. to help all MPs with uh, research on legislation and all that mm. uh, to the tune of $1 million per year. 
mm. to to provide all data requests by members in a requested format to introduce opposition hour uh, where I believe I mean according to him it happens in other parliaments like in the UK and Canada where there's one hour where the leader of the opposition can propose new topics on the day itself the first mm. day of the sitting um, and for Q&A uh, for the debate to carry on for as long as there are new questions that are substantive from MPs. Mm, mm, and then yeah. finally, for uh, two committees, the Public Accounts Committee and the Public Petitions Committee to be chaired by opposition MPs, which is not the case now. Mm, mm, that's right. So a whole slew of suggestions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now we can go into the responses. Uh, yeah, but maybe, you, maybe rather than run through uh, whole wholesale... Like uh, before even thinking about the responses, like when you listen to these suggestions from Young Man Wai, like what what stood out to you in your mind as doable, and what was uh you know a pipe dream? Hmm. Uh, okay. So from a layman perspective, you mm. know, just listening to it, um, I thought I thought yeah, the 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 allowance for the assistance, yeah, it does feel like okay if. If the NNC MPs and NMPs are given voting powers similar to the MPs, of course, they might not be looking over a GRC or something, which was one of the things Inrani said. I do feel, okay, that one got a bit of like, uh, worth thinking about. Uh, mm, worth thinking mm, about. Mm. The, the, let's see, uh, for you, for you, that one? Uh, I mean, in general, when I saw what he was, the, the headlines of what he was asking for, I was like, there's no fucking way this is gonna happen. Uh. It's like two countries going to war and then and then the, the smaller country saying, Hey, no, to make the war fair we must <laughs> both fair. You must same number of bullets. Everybody you must distribute the bullets fairly. Then after that then we fight, uh, you know. Yeah. Um like imagine Russia and Ukraine having that kind of conversation. So it's it's just not realistic. Um but I, I like I said, like, I think it's it's pretty interesting how he again brought to the forefront the the idea that uh NCMPs uh their contribution is is really is really uh seen as uh only fifteen percent of what elected MP does. But if you really think about the amount of time that they spend in parliamentary sittings and the fact that they can vote fully on, on matters now equal to same as uh elected MPs, right? Um I, I think there needs to be a recalibration of what what the the resources afforded to them as well, right? Because mm. I mean, even the even the fully elected uh, or the elected MPs, a lot of them are still holding day jobs, right? To because they can't live on the allowance given to them as elected MPs, as evidenced by certain MPs that have you know joined uh big big food uh big transportation slash food delivery companies like right like who uh, Terence no, no like, one think, comes to mind Terence no. <laughs> who are you talking about Terence tin tin about it 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 and tin about who who it might be yeah uh, tin about it yeah but yeah so that that's the thing you see so it's like as much as you say yeah we cannot measure the contribution dollars and cents I think he raises fair points uh, that that even that, you know, whatever it is, that 15% allowance or even that uh, that $1,300 allowance plus $500 allowance for hiring administrative assistance, I, I, I don't even think you can get interns, man. You, don't even, you yeah. can't even get intern to work for you for $500, you know, these days. And and I'm wondering, do the elected MPs today, like, 
pool together their money and then they, they share resources or something. You know, like uh, they have a pool of money. Hey, everybody put your allowance in here. Then we, we all together, we go and hire one admin assistant to service like three or four. But that's what Indrani said, right? That's what Indrani <laughs> said. Yeah, 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 yeah. said that. <laughs> no, and then she also said they top up with their own uh, yeah, their yeah. own allowance, right? Yeah, but uh, they do pool. They do pool resources. They do pool, yeah. But they top up with their own allowance, which is, you know, uh, substantially more than what NCMP's allowance is also. La. So mm. a bit, it's not a very uh, fair comparison. To, to pull together resources like that easily like for NCMPs versus versus uh, elected MPs. Though. So so to mm. me, the whole thing, it fe- just felt like, yeah, this is a uh, Leong Man Wai, you know, he's, 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 he's doing it to, yeah, to bring attention to this, this uneven footing, like, right? The NCMPs, especially opposition NCMPs are on versus the, the elected MPs from the ruling government party, like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is another Leong Man Wai special. He he yeah. he knows that it's not gonna go through, but he's putting it out there to get people to you know uh to raise a ruckus about it again, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of the other things like you know submitting that stuff beforehand or the mm-hmm. question time. Um, that one if if Parliament is a reality TV show, I'm all for question time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it will reach that reach that stage, lah. Yeah. And also like the research research grant, I mean research department for like one million a year. Well, I mean, in the grand scheme of like billion dollar budgets, I mean one one million doesn't sound like much, but it is a huge amount, you know. Uh, mm. and the moment he said that, I was like, okay, like, I want now be damn tough sell. Uh but, but the, actually, yeah. on the contrary, like if you consider what the mayor's you know, the a mayor's salary is, right? Like I think it's like close mm. to half a million dollars a year. Mm. Two mayor salaries can, if they that can cover, uh, an administrative service entirely devoted to members of parliament, regardless of party and all that. To me, I'd rather I'd rather hear that they are spending on that than spending like a million bucks on on mayors, like, You know what I mean? Because it's like, the where does that million dollars go to? Does it go to? Uh, somebody's salary to to you know to 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 create uh to to assist all members of parliament, or does it go to like just one or two people, the leaders you know to am- administrate to be mayors over, I don't know which part of Singapore these mayors are mayors of also la. but mm. but the, I think the mayor salary issue has been brought before and and just in the scope of one million dollars versus what the mayor salaries are I think. To me, like this is a, it's not a lot of money, like, right? Yeah. So, so okay. So maybe like uh, I will give contextualize my response. Like, if you ask me objectively, this does sound like a good idea. Cause, cause mm. uh, I agree with you that okay, when you compare it with other things where you don't even know the impact, um, mm. there might be impact, but as a as a layperson on the street, you try and look at the news, you can't uh, determine the impact. This sounds like a good idea, but. I think we can't also deny the fact, like what you said right earlier, it's almost, is parliament really going to be a level playing field? Uh, mm. I know that is like speculation, uh, conspiracy theory, uh, silver tinfoil hat and all, but it is, it is, there is a always tension between opposition and incumbent, right? Um, mm. And this one just feels like, wow. I, is there even such a thing in other democracies and other parliaments? Because, yeah, it, it, it's just tricky. La. So my, my response is like, okay, that will never fly. It's, real, it's based on 
I can't imagine that proposal being approved. La. Do I think mm. it's a good idea? Yeah, I think it's a it's a good idea. It's it sounds like you know a million dollars. Even if people are getting like like a I don't know eight k a month, you can mm, get like ten mm. people. La, you know. Yeah, exactly. For research yeah. and eight k is really quite a high number. Yeah, and just to correct myself, like each mayor's salary annual salary is six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Six hundred and sixty thousand. We have we have five mayors in Singapore. And who are these mayors, Terrence? Uh, according to the report, it's uh, uh, Low Yanling for the Southwest District, Denise Pua for Central, Fami Aliman for Southeast, Alex Yam for Northwest, and Desmond Chu for Northeast. So the according to a 2012 white paper on government salaries, mayors are paid an annual salary of $660,000. And this is in addition to their annual MP allowance of $192,500. So in total, they make about eight hundred fifty thousand dollars in total, yeah, per year. Did, did did it also say like what the general role of the mayor is? Because I'm not, I'm not uh, really sure. But whatever you're reading, they are mayors of the community development council, right? Uh, because uh, they're generally they generally are supposed to uh, the. Wait, I actually, I mean, I, this has been discussed <laughs> in Parliament. And the fact that I can't even find much information about it tells you, tells you a lot about it. But, but literally, the article, the article that I'm reading is the headline is most Singaporeans feel CDC mayor salaries are outrageous, according to Pritam Singh. Yeah, so Pritam Singh said that there's not a lot of uh, people don't really know what the CDCs uh, and the mayors do, like, Right. Yeah. So and their functions can be carried out by a lot of other ex- existing entities. So there seems to be a lot of overlap in what a CDC mayor's functions are with uh, ministries and stat boards, and yeah. even the People's Association. So, what is the CDC doing, lah? Right. I think like what what you were sounding like just now is probably what goes on in everyone's head when they ask, <laughs> "What does a mayor? What does a Singapore mayor do?" And your question: Who are the five mayors of Singapore? I'm like. <laughs> Uh-huh. No, no, we, nobody knows we just like huh we, we did, barely people barely even know that they are mayors right yeah, yeah. yeah so, so yeah lah. Mm. so so I mean like uh, I guess I guess now is a good time to look at how the responses were lah, because mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. the the best thing about questions that even though outlandish yeah. um, it's, it's nice to see how uh, the MPs respond lah. so Indrani uh, Raja was the person who responded and basically, she was saying that uh, uh, PAP, so the first one about the allowance like, being extended to NCMPs and NMPs, mm. so, and to increase it. Basically, uh, Indrani was saying that um, it is indisputable, that's a word that mm. she used, that NCMPs workload is less than elected MPs because they are not responsible mm. for mm. constituencies. Like. Mm. So, extending that, the support they get should also be proportionate. And then she also said specifically that PAP MPs who do not have public policy or legal background, which is like what Yang Manwai pointed out, have not asked for more assistance. And they've been mm. able to work together to 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 reallocate their allowances. Like and like what you mentioned mm. just now, they do pool. They do mm. pool. And she said, Yeah, you know, opposition MPs and NCMPs can do the same. Mm. Um then the um, the thing about an an additional research department, how she countered that was that uh, even even giving kudos to the PSP, saying that they have put forward a lot of proposals in the absence of any such department. So mm. it, it doesn't seem to have deterred them. So maybe it's not a deterrent that mm. there's not mm. enough resources. 
Um, and then about Leong Man Wai's request for the government to provide all data as requested in, in the proper format. Uh, Indrani said, you know, they cannot fulfill every whim uh, um, uh, because there, there are more and, and the, the Singapore government is already providing more data than most countries. Mm, mm. So as you, I mean, she also responded to a few others, but as you were hearing her responses, what what, what do you feel? Uh, as just, you know, someone who cares about politics in Singapore, a uh, man on the street, what were you feeling? Um, I think it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, what was that term uh, when you, when someone, uh, I mean, you, you know, the, the, the last point you made about when she said that the absence of such research facilities has not deterred the PSP from asserting its ability to advance position, public policy positions. And then she talked about the PSP's 2020 manifesto where they had various economic, social, and political policies. Mm. So what essentially she's saying there is that, uh, you see, y'all have been able, with the current budget y'all have and all, y'all still have been able to push through all these uh, papers and all that, what, right? Mm. So who says that you need, you need a budget? Uh? Um, mm. And to me, that's kind of... Uh, uh, it's like saying, oh... Uh, yeah, like, yeah, like, you see, you see, in spite of, uh, you know, you all complain Singapore's sports cannot make it. But you see, hey, we got gold medalists in, in, in Joseph schooling, all right, in, despite all this. Means that everything's mm-hmm. okay in Singapore. No, well, we are providing adequate support for all, all athletes and all that, like, right? Mm-hmm. But, so it's kind of a, it kind of perverts the, the whole uh, incentive to, to look at, hey, is there anything that can be improved within our own current infrastructure, like, right? Where you are really selectively looking at the the successful cases and say, "Hey, you see, everything works, so there's nothing wrong to fix here." You see, let's move along. Mm. No problems here, which I yeah I find a bit uh it's a bit disingenuous, lah, right? And a lot mm. I think because literally what you're hearing from Long Man Wai is that uh there is a struggle. It's difficult. It's difficult to hire any full time staff. It's uh. The, the amount of time and resources and the uh, available to them, even the the access to data available to them is so much harder for them to get. Like, and in spite of all that, they have tried their best to push through things. Like, but doesn't mean that that it's a the system it does, does just because they've done it doesn't mean that the system is perfect or it works out, right? Mm. So it's, it's like Yeah, it, go ahead. It's yeah. like it's like if the doctor told me like, you know, you've been doing fine with your third nipple, so there's no reason why I should <laughs> give it more attention. You know, yeah, there's like, no reason. No, yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> okay, what if without this third nipple, uh, maybe I would have gotten more, more, more looks when I took off my shirt. You know, maybe people, yeah. maybe that's why people were creeped out. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So for Not those of you, who, uh, sta- yeah, yeah, for those of you who either vomited out your coffee or something from <laughs> Harish's early story about third nipple, here's the payoff, lah. Yeah, it's an analogy <laughs> that we're using. <laughs> That's why we discussed before this, before the podcast to talk about yeah. his third nipple to make the point about NCMPs. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to talk about my third nipple but I didn't want it to be trivial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is, that is the, how the, the breakdown of a joke, guys. You set it up and then there's a payoff. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, you know, like, uh, I mean, like, you know, you and I, we talk a lot about Leong Man Wai and, and how he's a very polarizing figure but I think we always caveat it with that. Hey, you know, Whatever it is, uh, he has he's he's got resilience, lah, right? Mm. In spite of all the opposition and the ridicule thrown his way, he's still at it, lah, right? Regardless, yeah. And 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 I think, 
I think, you know, that the fact that they are still pushing out policy papers and still doing the thing in spite of the, the, the lack of uh, resources, which he is, which he is calling out as a problem now. Mm. Uh, it speaks more to his resilience than the fact that the system is working, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that's why, yeah, whenever I see people like saying, oh, Yang Mon Wai, what are you doing in parliament? You know, I mean, you can disagree with the with his proposals because even now, right, you know, two of us talking about it, who maybe some, someone in parliament uh, who happens to listen to this, they're like, look, it's two dumbasses, don't know what the hell they're talking about. The fact is that right now, parliament, I think there's more interest than ever. Um, mm. And when you hear questions put forth that to to me sound like, hey, that, that kind of makes sense. Uh, that means that there's something that that's something to think about, like, And sometimes the value of providing a counter perspective is just to consider it. Um, mm. it either helps you strengthen your own policies, so the policies of the incumbent, or it makes you think of an alternative, like, And and that's why, like, as much as sometimes once in a while the way Liang Manwai or or other MPs behave in Parliament, you're like, well, now, why the fuck you do that? There are mm. times when they ask questions which just make you think, and I think that's. That's all we can ask for, man. Mm, mm, yeah, that's right. I mean, even you talk about resources, lah, right? Not not saying that uh, we're asking for money to talk about this, and all that. but even mm. a lot of times that uh, you and I, when we are doing research on these topics that are spoken about in Parliament, sometimes it's not as easy to find, you know, even the speech where this, where a topic was debated, or or the the transcript, or or even just more information about things, lah, right? Mm, and, mm. and and so yeah, you know, it it just points to yeah, when you don't have those kind of resources easily and freely available to you, uh, it just adds more time to your process, lah. But we still do it because you know we're passionate about it, and and we we just read up what we can, we look at different sources and all. But all this does but, take but, time and energy, lah, right? But Terence, Terence, uh, the mm. lack of a, a robust repository has not deterred you from doing this mm. podcast. So mm. I think uh, that in itself shows that we do not need a repository. You know, <laughs> uh, there is an eight-hour, twenty-minute video on YouTube of the whole parliamentary session, which yeah. we have scrubbed over to find. So, yeah. so clearly, there's no need. You know, there's no need to make it and, more accessible. And if you want to speed it up, you can download a Chrome extension that allows you to listen to the whole thing for three you know, times, at three times the times? speed. <laughs> Five times also can. Five times also can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, so my and, point and exactly. I mean, yeah, and I mean there have been there has been talk in the past. I can't remember exact details when about releasing data la. I know, mm. I know one thing that the WP was asking for was the report or the data that formed the basis of the white paper on uh, Singapore's performance during COVID. So, mm. so again, there might be very good reasons why they cannot be released, but mm. um. It, 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 it's just when, when we hear responses like this, when I heard Indrani's response, it didn't. It felt like, yeah, like, it was a lot of things that, oh, just because PAP MPs don't ask, um, mm. you know, I don't understand why you have to ask. So it's like, those kind of responses, I'm like, um, you're not really answering the question. Um, yeah. And when the general public, lay people feel the questions are not being answered, that's when the wheels start turning, man. That's mm. when the then, wheels start turning. That's when people start filling in the blanks themselves yeah. right and that's yeah, what you yeah. you want to try to avoid like, right people leaving gaps that people like fill in with their own conspiracy theories and all that right yeah like like even the suggestion from uh, Leong Manwai to have you know the public accounts committee and the public petitions committee be chaired by opposition MPs um, mm-hmm. I yeah I, I actually thought hey I mean if you really want a, 
a robust parliament, that so- sounds like an idea worth considering, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And um, apparently it was in... It was in the case in Singapore until 1968 when there were no opposition MPs in Parliament. Um, and since then, mm. it, it is, hasn't been chaired by an opposition MP. Like, so same with the Public Petitions Committee. So all this stuff which yeah. we wouldn't have known uh, of otherwise, I guess that's the point of people asking questions in Parliament. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, like, like I think, uh, again, we go back to uh, to some to kudos to Leung Wan Wai for bringing this up. Although we know, every time he brings up this kind of thing, it feels like, you know, last time in history, you used to study all those kamikaze pilots during mm. World War II and all that. They really just going to crash their plane, you know, sacrifice themselves in order to 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 make a statement and, and to really damage the the warships and uh, the and all that, right? Mm. Um, it feels like that. La. You know that Liang Manwai, he's, he's going to get shot down, but he just... He's just putting it out there. La. But, yeah. but then, you know, one thing One thing I've seen people comment about his speeches is that, you know, you're playing to the populace. You know, like, mm. there was eight hours of parliament just on 8th May alone. But the mm. one that mm. catches the news is some of the more radical proposals. Mm. So, mm-hmm. whereas people who maybe take a bit more measured approach, things that are maybe closer to what could easily be passed in parliament, they don't get the same airtime. So, essentially, mm. it's like, Leong Manwa is like parliamentary influencer, you know, Terence. Yes, so what do you yes. make? What do you make when you hear that? Because there are so many other debates that we we almost don't have the capacity to cover, la, and for people to understand and digest, you know. I mean, it's uh that's the skill of a politician, la, right? Mm. To to bring attention to what like just one of many 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 topics that can be debated and all that, right? Mm. And uh, not just I think not just Long Manwai. I think there are PAP MPs and and all who are known to. To come forward with, uh, you know, to speak up a lot more in Parliament. For example, uh, Louis Ng, right? I think mm, Louis Ng, right? On on record, he's got a lot more. He's got a track record, of really speaking out a lot about a lot of different issues, right? Mm. And and if you know, uh, kudos to him also, like the energy and the 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 gumption to push through all these all these difficult uh, issues. In fact, in fact, I think the our next topic was pushed forward by him as well, Yeah, so mm. uh, it's. You know, I, I think that's that's part of the the skill and uh, you know what what a politician has to do uh, to you know earn their living lah, so to speak. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, so I mean, if anything, like a more more things being talked about, more things being brought to national attention. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a good thing lah. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. So yeah, curious to know what you guys think. Uh, mm. as always. If you have any thoughts, please head on over to our Reddit or uh, just DM us on Instagram. Yeah. But uh, yeah, speaking about the, you know, the performative aspect of politics, right? Mm. Uh, politicians don't have to, you know, be tested or audition every single year to test them on their capabilities to be in parliament. Uh. Their, their real audition only comes like once every four or five years, like, right? During mm-hmm. elections. Uh, but there's this group of people who do have to audition in front of a panel every year in order to to keep up their uh keep keep their license to keep doing what they do. And what is this group of people? Uh, it is the group of people who we have spoken about before. Uh, it is our dear buskers. Mm. Um and and the uh, the question of whether a current process where they need to audition a live audition, not even an online audition, audition face-to-face with a panel of up to five judges 
um, to determine whether or not their license be renewed for renewed for the following year actually makes sense lah. Um, mm. And like what you mm. said, it was Louis Ng of the PAP who brought it up in Parliament, um, and Edwin Tong responded, and he mm. was saying that Edwin Tong did say they will review the license renewal process for buskers in Singapore, but he also talked about why it makes sense. Mm. Um, and and I mean the thing that may have kickstarted this was a Facebook post uh, back in April by a professional circuit artist who who said that he had to spend like two thousand dollars on tickets to fly back to Singapore because he's based in London and mm. he needed to renew his license for the following year lah. Mm. So and previously it used to be valid for two years, but in 2022, uh, NAC the National Arts Council changed it to one year. Mm. Mm. So so according to Edwin Tong, um, he said, you know, the NAC busking scheme aims to enliven city life and energize urban spaces. And the live audition ensures, uh, and I quote, robust evaluation. Mm. So when when you heard this, I know we have previously spoken about the busking issue uh, when it came to, uh, there was something about applying for busking spots or something. And generally, mm-hmm. it made busking a lot harder lah. For yeah. and there are professional buskers in Singapore who make a living of busking. So when you heard about this and Edwin Tong's response, or like, why do you want to talk about this? Eh? Um, I think it's uh the the guy who posted the Facebook post uh, makes some interesting points, uh, right? Uh, hmm. because he is based in London, and uh, because he can't do a remote uh, audition or anything like that, he had to fly back to Singapore to have it done. Um, and I think he actually, actually, if you go through the comments, you know, you would think that, oh, there'll be a lot of people saying, yeah, you go, you go and, you know, tell the authorities and all that. But actually, you get a lot of comments uh, from people saying, you sound really entitled, right? They're saying, mm-hmm. uh, what's so difficult? It's like, it's like a, in a lot of jobs and all that, you have to go through it's not like you 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 get a lifetime uh tenure in your job either, right? Every year there's a performance evaluation or, or some license or what that you have to renew. It's it's very normal, right, in a lot of jobs. So why the same should be for buskers as well, that you know, you have an annual uh live audition to to just make sure that you're you're still capable of doing what you do, right? So mm. a lot of people are criticizing, saying hey, you you sound really entitled, like this is if this is part of what it takes to become a busker. This is what it needs to be done. Uh. Why why all the complaints, uh, right? Mm-mm-mm. But for you, how about you like what but, uh, but how for you, like why why is this such a contentious issue for you? Um because okay, so busking ultimately you are performing to people on the street and yeah. the way you make a living is through uh money you earn from, you know, uh patrons and people who watch and decide to contribute, like, right? So, mm-hmm. it feels like the perfect way for people to determine whether or not they can make a living out of it. So, if you... I mean... Wait, you what can, seems like the perfect way? Because if you busk and no yeah. one gives you anything, chances yeah. are that's like feedback from your customers, lah, right? Correct, okay, correct, yeah. People are not responding. Maybe you should reconsider your, your career choice. You know, mm, mm. so I I'm not saying that anyone be allowed to busk. I think a permit to busk that one is understandable, but to audition, right? That to me is fucking ridiculous. Mm, uh, mm. And I say that, of course, with a bit of a chip on my shoulder, lah. Where we ourselves, in the process of pitching TV shows and all, 
Um, we have pitch shows uh, to judges. Um, mm. And some of the questions we get back in response from these judges make us think that these people have never been involved in the creation of a TV show before. Um, mm. Not because we are some like fucking master masters of TV show or something, but mm. certain certain like just little things of that makes you think like uh, uh wait are they uh, do they uh, like what are they asking? One example for people mm. who might be wondering what are you all talking about? Um, there was one time we pitched on stage to a panel of judges about this character who starts off you know as a as a someone who committed a hit and run accident. But mm. through and he killed and someone uh, died and he was put in prison. But throughout the series, he has a as a growth la, as a character. He realizes his mistake and the he redemption atones, arc, right? yeah, redemption arc la, redemption arc. Yeah. Um, and one of the first questions from the judge who we got in front of an auditorium full of people was like, "Okay, I don't think um your main character is likable enough. You know, it's very hard to like someone who starts off as a criminal." And yeah, it, it just feels like you need to make him more likable. Then mm. I remember both of us were on stage, you're like, wait, you look at any TV show that is out there, chances are at least half, if not more of them, start off with a character that is flawed, that has mm. some issue that you can feel something for, but maybe did something bad. Like, and the whole process of the show is to show how they have a redemption arc. Mm. So mm. clearly the chip is still on my shoulder. So I can imagine for these buskers, they come, who are these five people who are going to determine whether or not they can make it as buskers. Mm, mm. Yeah. But so, I mean, so, that, 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 you do sound a bit ranty when you, when you raise that example. <laughs> I realized, In a sense I realized that, halfway through, I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, am, I, am I becoming that person? But yeah. Yeah. Because in the sense that, uh, for, what, for the example you raised, mm. we are pitching for that group of people to fund us to, to produce this, right? True. So they need to they need to like the story. They need to understand the story. And maybe if they don't get what we're saying, it means maybe that we we didn't do a deep enough job of of uh, explaining what it is, right? But for what you're saying about the buskers, you're saying that the public is the one that determines whether they mm. can make it or break it. So why do they still need an audition to determine that they're good enough to go in front of the public, right? Mm, mm, uh, so so that that's what you're saying. But at the same time, it's like, you know, just going back to this analogy of auditions. I mean, as an actor, you do auditions, right? As an yeah. actor. Uh, would you say that it's, you know, oh, it's completely up to the audience to decide that whether this actor is good or not and auditions are stupid, you know, they should just, just, just based on your past performances, they should just hire you without an audition and then let the audience decide if you're good or bad. Would you but, say that? I think it all boils down to the point that you brought up earlier. You know, even in our case, we were pitching to people mm. who were going to fund us, essentially pay us, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Even as an actor, you audition, doesn't matter if the show bombs, doesn't matter if people think this is the worst show they've ever watched, you mm. will still get paid by the people mm. you audition for. Mm. The interesting mm. about buskers is that the people who are going to determine their merit are not really the ones paying them, you know, or, or funding them. Mm, right, mm, mm. and I think that that difference is is why maybe it feels so sore, mm, mm, mm. But right. then again, there's also the point that um, because you're talking about like okay, you do a show or you act or something like that, you're sort of uh, you're you're not in the public space, lah, right? 
you are behind mm. the scenes. You are do you 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 know you disappear for a couple of months to make a movie. Whatever happens on set, nobody knows that, right? But for public busking, it's almost like you out there in public. You are almost representing Singapore in some way to tourists and, and people who 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 may be experiencing uh, Singapore streets for the first time. So there is an element of um, uh, you you you're unleashed to the world already from day one, right? Mm. Compared to to acting, where there's a chance to oh his performance wasn't great, we can edit him out or cut cut down his role or anything like that. But for busking, the moment you approve them, then the next day they're out on the streets, and if they're really terrible and turn off people and all that, uh, doesn't that take away from the experience of walking around Clarky or Orchard Road or wherever these people are busking? Mm. We're saying that. That uh yeah, I mean the market can determine whether or not they have a future as a busker, but for that brief moment there will be this this for whatever it is like a really bad busker out there. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. because it is a yeah, I mean I and there are all these suggestions from the original Facebook post about why not do it over Zoom or anything like that. But you know, a lot of times, uh especially music performances, we all know this because we lived through it during COVID, right? When you watch a live performance online or Zoom, remember those days and, oh, there's a live streaming concert and things like that. It's just, uh, you you don't get a sense of like, the, you don't get the vibe or the ambiance of the performance at all, right? And it's mm. just a very weakened uh, or diluted version of what the performance is. So, I, I don't think the Zoom a Zoom audition is a good substitute for a live audition. Mm. But uh, I, I do see some of the points where, hey, every year seems like a bit overkill, right? Like, you know, a year is such a short period. In fact, a year only, then you only go through one holiday season and all that. Do, does, do things really change that much within a year? Maybe if it's every two years or something, it might be more palatable. But but the, 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 to me, it's like... Hmm. It doesn't doesn't seem like live auditions is something that can be replaced by by remote auditions. Uh. Yeah. So then then maybe maybe the crux is because okay, I can I can understand what you mean by the fact that okay if you're gonna be people that be on the streets in front of people, um, certain level of quality control, mm. okay, understandable. Maybe it's the one year thing la. because mm. it's not say these people are gonna come up with new acts or change their personality every year, right? Maybe even yeah. if it's five years. Yeah. Or, or or is it just to protect against people getting the permit and fucking going crazy and, you know, becoming all political like Rage Against the Machine on, on Orchard Road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly, possibly. And they want to, I think there's the talk about in case, because these, these are people on the streets, like uh, like you said, asking the public to to give their money in exchange for their services. Like. You mm. want to make sure that... um you know, it, it doesn't feel like people are being fleeced, right? Yeah. Like, like someone like just asking for money and, and not actually doing anything, right? Yeah. Which is essentially begging. It's not busking, it's begging, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so I guess maybe the thing about busking, I think the last time we spoke about it was when they had a Orchard Road band during Christmas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It just right. feels like, yeah, like something with the busking space, uh, uh, I don't know. Doesn't I don't know whether it needs to be reviewed. Maybe it's the whole media in general. And I think just now when I was ranty, it's it's a few chips on my shoulder about how <laughs> it always feels like in the media industry, the people in power like don't even come from the space. 
Um, I don't mm. know whether it's, it's media only, but we have enough experience in the media in- industry to know that the people, the policymakers, and the people who lead the ministries, uh, like IMDA and all, yeah, sometimes the things they do feel like they haven't come from the space. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, so maybe this case also it feels like the logical thing to do, but oh, if I was a busker, every year must renew. Damn man. Yeah. That's like I mean, you. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's a drain on resources and time also when you always have to keep uh, preparing for this big performance and then you're not hundred percent sure of the outcome of it also lot, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's always a it's always a uh, not just uh physically or financially but emotionally it can be very draining as well lot, right? Yeah. It, yeah, it reminds me of the analogy that I think the founder of Creative uh, mm. gave uh, where he said, you know, the no U-turn or something. He said, in Singapore, you get signs saying that uh, you can U-turn here. If you yeah. cannot, U- if, there, if there's no U-turn sign, you cannot U-turn. But in other yeah. countries, you can U-turn anywhere, but if there's a sign saying you cannot U-turn, then you don't U-turn there. Like. Apart from yeah. that, everywhere can U-turn. Yeah. But in Singapore, it's a flip line. And I thought the analogy was very interesting. Sim Wong Hoon, right? Sim Wong Hoon. Correct, correct. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace. But uh, it, it is true la, that it is uh, the busking industry, if there's one, so to speak, is uh, I think can 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 do with a lot of reform. Because I think it's it does add to the vibrancy of a country to have a very strong busking ecosystem as well. You know, uh, I think there was, you know, at one point, the, there was that busker who who started out at the cafe and then ended up having, you know, like having enough fans to sell out a concert and stuff like that, right? Mm. Do you remember? Um, so yeah, so there, there was, there's all these possibilities of buskers and, and I think it just, uh, yeah, livens up the whole, the whole cityscape as well, when there's such a vibrant, vibrant scene going on. So I, I do hope that they, there is some reform and, I think Edwin Tong also, he did say that they, they constantly look They're at... reviewing, uh, right? Reviewing, monitoring, time to time, what what to do. Uh, and yeah, maybe it's just about the length of the... How often these auditions are. Like. Every year does seem like a real strain on resources, both for the buskers as well as for the people having to judge all these auditions. Like one, like you audition this this bunch of people, then one year later you got to sit through auditions one more time and just to to judge the same group. Of people. No, then you can you can live out your uh, American Idol dreams. Uh. you can be <laughs> Simon Cowell, you can be Katy Perry, because yeah. it might be like that, right? You just sit four four people on a desk, and then you're like, oh yes, no, uh, no, you I deem you unfit to carry on mm. your career as a busker because yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel you untalented. <laughs> yeah, I just. Yeah. Weird lah, weird. It is a, it is weird. Yeah, weird. Yeah, but yep, yep. yes, yes. It is time for our one shook comment of the week. Yes, and, and what is your one shook comment? Uh, my one shook comment is from a longtime redditor, uh, Jungle Jimbo eighty eight, who shared a video on our subreddit. Uh, uh more more like a a tweet that no a Facebook post that Tan Chuan Jin did. Where he shared a deep fake video uh, of, uh, of that features the 4G leaders in an F4 music video. So it's him, <laughs> Lawrence Wong, Chan Chun Singh, I think. Do you see the video? Yeah, I saw snippets of it, yes. It's fucking weird, man. And yeah, yeah. it's so disturbing, but so interesting. Uh, yeah, so he shared like it's like a 30, 30 second long, 30 second clip on his Facebook. Uh, I don't know mm. who created it, 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he posted it. Uh, I wish he gave credit to the creator. I don't know who created it, but yeah, it was mm. it was it was disturbing. Disturbing. Disturbing to say the least, la. Yeah. Yeah. Watch what watch at you? your own risk, la, I would say. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Yeah. Uh, uh my one short comment comes from Kuma Babu nineteen nineteen, who I think wrote uh a Yalabat haiku uh as a comment. Mm. Titled it titled it Finding You. Uh listening deeply, finding segues and chuckles, echoes of silence. <laughs> so <laughs> not sure how many people understood the reference and and, and all that lah, but uh, it was also during a period when I think um we hadn't posted in, in a few days lah, right? Because uh I think last week was we were quite light on the on the posting schedule in terms of our posting schedule. So yeah, Kuma Babu, right, thanks for the haiku, and uh <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it. <laughs> I think I think it was demarcated as spam or something, right? Like really? Reddit automatically demarketed it as spam. I think they tagged it as yeah, they tagged it as spam. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> spam because but the fact that the the second line is just finding segues and chuckles, then I'm like, oh okay. I uh, I'm pretty sure it's not spam. Yeah. Listening deeply finding oh fucking poetic man. Oh so that yeah. that is a haiku. I was like, hmm. This is I weird. Think so yeah, yeah, see, see, even Harish didn't get it. So yeah, it's yeah not I just, didn't get it. It's not just uh other people, yeah. Wow, that is some deep level shit, man. Yeah, that's right. Oh, power, power. But yeah. Cool. And what and about your, your... Would you like to go first? Uh, My one short thing, I think I... Maybe I talked about it uh, earlier. Yeah, but it was I was still only in the throes of season one. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm powering through The Handmaid's Tale uh, in mm. recent weeks. And uh, yeah, it gets really, really quite interesting towards like season three, season four. Oh, really? And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like uh, quite mind bending kind of uh realities and all that like, yeah. But so did you it's... like season one and two? No, in fact, season one and two, I I felt at certain points it's too much torture porn, torture porn and uh man hating. Like it felt very like like the, like the creators of the show hated men or something like that like. But uh, once you get past that stage and then it starts to get really interesting because because it it deals with the alternate reality of like you know. Uh, America being run, overrun by by religious uh, extremists who set up a almost North Korea like kind of government where the world can't really see in, but they can they they still have relations with the rest of the world. So it's a, I mean, there's a lot of uh, interesting things in there. I'm not sure how much of it was original content from from the original books, which were published in the 80s. Can you imagine? But uh, a lot of uh, the themes that they cover now, I find are very relevant to the age, the time and age that we live in. Oh, shit. Yeah, I stopped during the part of season one where I was like, okay, I think the creators hate me as a man. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I will, no, like, you I are, will just pause. Yeah, you are you are a uh, male chauvinist pig. Right? So definitely, yeah, you, would, <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to stand the first the first couple of seasons. And I think for a lot oh, of guys... You meant that so, as a fuck you, lah, <laughs> It's a haiku. What the hell? Harish Dilani. Male chauvinist pig. I'm a gentleman <laughs> who respects women, okay? <laughs> no, but yes. it's, it's true, it's true. It's true the first couple of seasons are a tough watch for any guy, right? It just feels, sometimes it feels a bit like all the men are bad and, and you know, uh, things like that. But mm. as you get through that, then actually the, the universe, the world it sets up is a very uh, interesting, interesting world. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Give it a shot, cool, Harish. Cool. No, not everything is about 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 only what your no, man, now, your now. male your male gaze is. <laughs> hey, hey, shut up, Okay, now I'm towards <laughs> the end of the expense. Uh, so maybe after this, I'll need a new show, After this, I'll need a new show. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Handmaid's Tale. I'll see, lah. I'll see. I'll I know, see, I know. Uh, because it's a female protagonist, so you cannot relate to the character. Up, okay. It's not likable. Not likable for you. <laughs> yeah, correct, correct. I only watch shows with male protagonists. Right? Who are likable. Male protagonists who are likable, yeah. Who yeah. who have no flaw. That's the best yeah. kind of show. Yes. That's the best kind of show. But, um, yes, fuck. Wait, what was... Oh, so, okay. My, my one show thing is um, this, uh, the trailer for Christopher Nolan's newest movie, mm. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Um, Oppenheimer? Open, I don't know. Yeah, Open. I guess I'm guessing it's Open. Yeah. Yeah, so it came out two days ago. Uh, yeah. It's coming, I think, in July. July right? Yeah. Yeah, July. And I mean, basically, it, it talks about the the journey of Op- uh, Oppenheimer, who was one of the architects of the first nuclear bomb. Mm. Um, and it looks like a freaking crazy movie. Uh, J.B. Yeah. Robert, Robert Oppenheimer. He was an American mm. theoretical physicist. Uh, and it's starring some big names, man. Yeah. Uh, Cillian Murphy plays Oppenheimer. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is inside. Mm. Matt Damon is inside. Rami Malek is inside. And the trailer in true Christopher Nolan style, it looks epic. La. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, Christopher Nolan's one of the few uh, directors that, like, you know when he's got a show out, you have to go and, like, catch it in cinemas. Yeah. Like, it's like Tom Cruise or so, like, the new Mission Impossible. You know you have to catch it in cinemas. Uh, you know, Steven Spielberg, like uh, only not even Spielberg, but but like, like yeah, uh, Christopher Nolan. Um, I think the there's also like there's there's quite a lot of interesting movies coming out this summer. Uh, I'm really looking forward to like, Indiana Jones as well. Yeah, that I mean, one I'm like, really looking forward to. I mean the Marvel stuff, you know. I don't even know what the what the hell's coming up, but yeah, exciting, like exciting. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool man. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Okay, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening, man. A happy midweek and on to the next. All right. Bye-bye.